ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and here we are officially back in fantasy football draft season. It means you're going to see the podcast feed here on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you're listening. Begin to pick back up again as we start coming out with our epic tools heading into the draft season and redraft season in earnest. The best ball cheat sheet soon to be, um, I guess, what's what's the word? We're transitioned away from, eschewed, eschewed out, eschewed, eschewed, E-S-C-H-E-W-E-D, eschewed. What does that even mean? I think that means you're like shoot out, but is it something, am I using it right? Eschewed, eschewed. So he appealed to the crowd to eschew violence. What does it mean, though? Here's the definition. It means to avoid habitually, especially on moral or practical grounds. So um, we're not going to avoid the best ball cheat sheet habitually. But we are, we're not going to eschew it out, but we are going to shoo it out. Shoo, shoo. And make way for the PPR cheat sheet, version 1.0, that dropped on Roster Watch just over the course of the weekend. I wanted to just come on here to really quick on this Monday episode and maybe run through a couple simulations there on that. Also talk here on the public feed about the strength of schedule tool for running backs that I made last week. I think I did a pro podcast about that, but some sort of interesting takeaways from there. Also, a couple of bits of news and notes and some chatter from around some of the um, roster watch listener leagues that uh, I kind of wanted to bring up along with a couple questions from off the website. One of the things, and I wanted to touch on this just first, and it's about Tyreek Hill's situation, right? And we are now one month and, what, six days since the audio dropped, the horrible audio wherever – uh, Tyreek Hill told his wife um, in Abu Dhabi or where were they? The United Arab Emirates or something like that on a on a on an overseas trip where he said, you know, you should be terrified of me, bitch. And re- really did a few things to um, did a few things to implicate himself in what what was just a. A uh, horrifying set of circumstances involving uh, the four-year-old son of he and his he and his wife ending up with a broken arm and out of their custody at least for a certain amount of time. This was after the point in time where the DA had declined to press charges. The DA, upon you know receiving this leaked uh, this leaked audio, now again is is opening up the idea of pressing charges. But here's the thing. Tyreek Hill has not been put on the commissioner's exempt list yet. And it just makes me wonder why. And it makes me wonder about the timing of this, because if we if we think about it, it was like uh, Mike Florio wrote about on, on Pro Football Talk. It, you know, these these NFL investigations love to you know, the NFL will always have their own investigation, but it's it's rare that when there's an ongoing criminal investigation that the that the NFL is going to step in and levy its own penalty or its own anything at that point in time, right? 
Um, even if the NFL investigation and the independent, uh, or, or, I'm sorry, even if the independent NFL invest, I'm, I'm getting my wires crossed, but the, if the NFL's independent investigation is, say, what's the, like, concurrent with the official legal investigation by law enforcement, it isn't like the NFL is going to come out with their findings and, and like, that wouldn't make any sense. They'll, they'll, the NFL will always, especially in the case of a good player, they're going to want to let all the facts come out, let law enforcement do their job, let them, uh, you know, levy whatever punishment that they deem suitable. And then the NFL would either follow suit and say, this is, we're going to go with what the law enforcement officials found or, um, you know, have their own interpretation, et cetera, et cetera. But in the case of good players, they generally like it, especially when there's no video. And, and this brings up the, the interesting point, because with Tyreek Hill, there's not video of him breaking a kid's arm. There is audio of him calling his, telling his wife, that, calling her a bitch and saying she should be terrified of him the same way that uh, their, their son is, which is just a horrible thing to hear. So maybe in this world we live in, in this post-Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, TMZ, you know, video gotcha world, Maybe an audio tape is just kind of as good because we've we've seen you know if there was video of Greg Hardy throwing his wife or throwing I'm not sure his wife Jesus I hope it wasn't throwing a woman on top of a bed covered in guns <laughs> if there was video of that the Dallas Cowboys would have never brought him on to play or give him any extra you know, like if if there was video of a lot of this stuff these guys would have never played another down in the NFL Adrian Peterson video of him beating his son so badly with the switch. And just, do, you, do you remember some of the details of that? I mean, he had some injuries to some very, very, very sensitive parts of the body. A little, little boy. If there were videos of those things, I don't think these guys would play again in the league. If there was video of Tyreek Hill allegedly doing this, he wouldn't play again. An audio tape? I'm not sure. And so whenever you think about what Florio was saying the other day, is that when the decision does come down from the Kansas City area district attorney's office. At that point, it's what if it comes like right before training camp? Like the NFL is going to have to act really, really swiftly to be able to either let Tyreek Hill know like, yeah, you can play this year. We've been waiting for this criminal investigation. Um, You know, they can't bring charges. We don't have enough evidence here. And, you know, you're going to get whatever, four games for – violating the personal conduct policy, and you're on thin ice moving forward, buddy, right? That could happen. It's, it's not – it isn't guaranteed that Tyreek Hill is going to, you know, miss all 16 games next season, or as some think, and, and personally, you know, I feel rightfully so, hope that he's just banished from the league forever because if, if these allegations are true, there's no place for Tyreek Hill in the NFL or in decent society. But the fact that he hasn't been put on the commissioner's exempt list, the way Adrian Peterson was immediately whenever the, whenever the accusations were first instituted against him in the, in the child, in his, his own um, episode of alleged child endangerment, you know, you can put him on the commissioner's exempt list without saying that, you know, he's guilty by way of our investigation, all this other stuff. I'm just wondering if and when the word comes down from the DA about whether it's going to, you know, whether it's going to, you know, whether they're going to have, whether they're going to indict Tyreek Hill based on this new evidence, these new audio recordings, whatever it is that happens, if they're going to say that they're not going to, whether there's a plan from the NFL to say, all right, if they say they're going to move forward with charges, at that point we put them on the exempt list. 
And then we say we let the legal process pay out, play out. I think that may be what happens. But if, if they come back and they say we're no longer pursuing charges against, against Mr. Hill, at that point, doesn't it seem like he's less likely to be put on the commissioner's exempt list and maybe at that point in time they've had this long to think about it just to be slapped with some sort of fine or fine and or suspension? Probably six games or something like that. I mean, he did have this stuff prior to the, you know, with the, while this child, while this now four-year-old child was pregnant inside this same woman's stomach, he he did plead guilty to um, to very very serious, you know, domestic crimes that could have harmed that woman and that baby. So he did come in with that baggage, but since he's been in the NFL, he hasn't. It's not like he's he's been a guy who's been a habitual. Um, problem. So do you automatically go to the full year suspension based? I mean, I'm not sure. And so one guy, in, the Alan Seslowski in the, in the sleeper app, in the chat there, where um, I eavesdrop and sometimes pop in in that listener league chat, was talking about he loves taking Tyreek Hill's falling in best ball leagues to like the sixth or seventh round. And I, I mean... He says he's taking them everywhere because in best ball, especially the ones that only pay the top three positions, which I'm playing less and less of this year. I, I, I really like the fact that they have the 50-50s now where you can't get swindled with the fourth place spots as I've done in a, a lot of these. I would rather just you know, know that I can double my money if I'm a good drafter in these best ball leagues. But regardless, these are leagues that you want to win if you're playing in the, in the top three uh, type, of, type of best ball league over there on best ball tens. And... You can get Tyree Kill in the seventh to the ninth round, and you know you miss him only for four to six games. That could be a real difference maker for you. So, just because I've taken Tyree Kill off of the cheat sheet and the new PPR cheat sheet uh, for season long at at Roster Watch until we get further information, I'm not totally against taking him in best ball. And that's just going to be up to your judgment where you're comfortable. But you know, if he's still around there in round seven, I think Alan Seslowski and, and those forms was just about right. If he's there in round seven through nine, I mean, look look who you're passing up to 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 get him. I think it's I think it's probably worth a probably worth a shot around around those uh, you know around there. So uh, a a good point there that was brought up by him. Okay, uh, speaking of the PPR cheat sheet, was going to run a couple simulations here first, but just wanted to wanted to see if there's any kind of news from today that I wanted to break down and also talk a little bit about running back strength of schedule. And it's, just, it's just a slow news day, man. A lot of these OTAs are kind of over. Shazier wins the PFWA's Hallis Award. Um, that was awesome to see. Uh, it seems like I'm seeing a lot of Gerald McCoy news. Mike Davis, here's from Pro Football Talk. Mike Davis appears to be very happy with role in the Bears' backfield. Um, he says that I can't really tell you. Davis said that's the secret. So they said they asked. Uh, this is from um, the Chicago Tribune. So they were asking about how they're going to use these three players. And Mike Davis says, I can't really tell you, Davis said. That's the secret. We'll see when we get there. Just know I'm going to be very happy once the season starts. I just can't wait till we kill it with me, Reek, and David. So meaning 
me, Tariq Cohen, and uh, David Montgomery. And, uh, I mean, Mike Davis is free right now. And Mike Davis is good. And like we've talked about it before, you know, Chicago did give him a $6 million deal. And I believe if I look at it, though, it's only like $1 million guaranteed. So they, there was a deal they always knew that they could get out of. And it sure seems like a Tariq Cohen... David Montgomery backfield is is what's going to sort of be able to sustain the Bears' run offense moving forward because those players are so, so very different from one another. Of course, David Montgomery, one of the most elusive, not by speed, because we all know of the no-touchdown runs over 25 yards or whatever from college, but as far as the elusive ratings from Pro Football Focus and and, uh, Sports Info Solutions, et cetera, I believe sports and pro, pro football focus and somebody else. But, you know, his, his forced missed tackles, like, broke the, broke the metric uh, with David Montgomery. So, you know, he's, he's a between-the-tackles banger for sure, but he's a guy that can create yards on his own while we all know what Tariq Cohen is. He's a, he's a super freak and a stick of dynamite who can really help you in the receiving game. Mike Davis is almost like a mix between these two guys. It's like, how do you really work him in when – it's like you, you, you have your thunder and your lightning where it's like Mike Davis is just is, is sort of like a sort of a mix. So I'm, I'm going to be, you know, he can catch, but he's also big and, and he can pound between the tackles, too. So I'm going to be interested to see how it works out, you know, given both of their given both of their ADPs. Let me just see. I'll look at the best. I'll just get the best ball ADPs or what I've what I've been um, been most easily most easy to access here so where is Tariq Cohen going right now Tariq Cohen what you know, fifth round early fifth round ADP whereas David Montgomery he's gone he, he went from a basically a yeah I mean he's like a sixth round ADP now no, I'm sorry. Fifth round ADP. He's already into the fifth. He's he's gone from a six seven turn ADP, like mid seventh round ADP, uh, over the course of all best ball drafts to now David Montgomery is now like an ADP around fifty nine on best ball tens since the beginning of May. So that would be what like the five five eleven. Am I getting, am I getting that right? No, no, no. Yeah, five eleven because we we turn over to the sixth round at sixty. So compare those two. So a fourth, fifth round, fifth, sixth. So a fourth, fifth for Terry Cohen, a fifth, sixth for David Montgomery. Compare that to free for Mike Davis. I still know how much, how interested I am in, in Mike Davis. But if he does feel like he's going to have a significant role, it makes me a little bit cooler on David Montgomery. And the good news is we have not been getting much David Montgomery at all uh, in these um, – in these in, in these uh, in these best ball drafts and in these simulations, um, certainly none so far as far as on the PPR cheat sheet. Uh, out of both those guys, we're getting more Tariq Cohen if he falls to us at value. All right, the strength of schedule tool. Just quickly, um, like I mentioned, these 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 summer pods, we're going to bring them to you with greater frequency. But it's just going to be a couple subjects. I'm going to get in. I am going to get out. And the second to last topic here is going to be the strength of schedule tool and maybe for this pod I'll talk about some of the better strength of schedules on the next one I'll talk about some of the tougher strength of schedules for running backs so let's just talk about these top five for the the top 
schedule that we've identified via our model based on not only the um, hardly anything having to do with 2018 metrics, but mainly having to do with our grades on the front seven units going into 2019. And, you know, some of these will change because there's still some pieces yet to fall. Gerald McCoy, who we talked about earlier, wherever he ends up, it's going to up the run stop percentage very likely of, of his um, of his next defense. But the top one right now is the San Francisco 49ers. And also one of the top play, also one of the top fast start schedules. Not a good playoff schedule, though, for these guys because they will have New Orleans fantasy playoffs because they'll have new, a tough a bottom eight matchup in New Orleans. A, uh, they'll have a top 12 matchup in Atlanta and then a middling matchup versus the Rams. But to start the season, listen to this. They have a top 12 matchup versus Tampa Bay, a top eight matchup versus Cincy. Then in week three, they'll have a bottom 12 matchup versus Pitt. Unfortunately, an early bye for the 49ers, and then they'll have Cleveland, who right now looks like a top 12-ish matchup. Um, they're, they're poking around Gerald McCoy, though, so that, that could possibly change. Um, the question is with the Steelers, who the hell is going to get the football? And, and you know, we talked about the Bears just now in a three-way split situation. It's a bad three-way split situation with the San Francisco 49ers, too, between Jared McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, the difference between those guys and the Bears guys is all three of those guys can be had for a lot cheaper. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens are tied with the second-best running back schedule on the season. And I think I would break this tie by saying that the Baltimore Ravens are probably better because they have the best uh, schedule to start the season. Here's why. They're going against uh, a top-eight projected run defense for opposing um, running backs. For the first two weeks, they'll go at Miami, and then they'll go to Arizona. Uh, after that, they'll go, they'll go to KC, and KC, yes, they're much tougher to play at home, but that's a game that should have a fairly high over-under uh, and one where we could see, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think if, I think if uh, KC gets way ahead in that football game, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure that Lamar Jackson is going to be the type that's going to be able to just air it out to try and catch up. They might just have to keep running the ball and, and shredding them like that. They'll have Cleveland in that first couple of weeks, and then they'll have to go to, to Pittsburgh. After that, they go to Cincinnati in week six, who it looks to be a top eight matchup. Mark Ingram looking better and better, as you'll see pretty soon when we run one of these simulations. We're getting him in nearly every draft that we do because he's just going too late, man. If you can get Mark Ingram at the six, seven turn as you're running back three, He's going to be the lead running back for the Baltimore Ravens. And with that offense, they've done a lot to add a whole lot of speed and a lot of things that can threaten that, threaten those, those, those defenses. You know, you, you, you add, you add Hollywood Brown, you add Miles Boykin, you add Justice Hill. You have the, you have the Robert Griffin, the third effect on the, you know, the proverbial Alfred Morris, right? The the threat of the running quarterback in zone read that helps the running backs here. I mean, I agree with our buddy Jeff Ratcliffe over at Pro Football Focus when he said at the draft in Nashville during our serious broadcast that, I mean, Mark, is it that hard to picture Mark Ingram having an RB1 season? Get him at the 6-7 turn. That's why I wish we could just draft now. We can't. We're, we're, we'll see again when we do a simulation. 
using the epic, magical, mystical, mythical roster watch cheat sheet, PPR version 1.0. We're getting them a lot. Uh, the Steelers as well. I'm just, man, I'm getting worried about James Conner, though. They're going to use Jalen Samuels. And Benny Snell is, I'm not going to, look, I'm not, I'm not going to spend any time worrying about Benny Snell. I'm not going to let OTA and, and rookie minicamp hype. Um, and this, this, this stuff, these pseudo events, these, this fake news, like there, there really is now in the media this stuff where people make news out of just like stuff that like some, like Ed Bouchette thinks of this. And like that's new, like that's, is that news? Or is that just some dude's opinion? So we're going to go through parsing that stuff out. I'm not going to worry about Benny Snell until there's real news about him and not pseudo events. New York Jets come in here a fourth after the tie of the Steelers and the Ravens. So remember, so this running back strength of schedule for 2019 projections by roster watch. 49ers have the best, tied for the second best, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Fourth, the New York Jets. You know what stinks about this, and for Le'Veon Bell, they have a, four, a, round, a week four bye as well. And I, I prefer those buys to come a little bit later. You know what? Looking at it from the bright side, though, they'll have Buffalo week one and Cleveland in week two. Then they'll go add New England, where that, that game should have a pretty high that game should have a pretty high over under. But you know what is going to happen is Bill, Bill Belichick's going to take away the best weapon on the New York Jets offense. I mean. It doesn't take a genius to tell you who, who that's going to be. Finally, uh, coming in number five here on the old strength of schedule tool, available up for our pro members at rosterwatch.com where you can download it and get all the information. The Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, three of their first four, really. The only tough one in there is, is Detroit, which, is, which looks to be a, basically a bottom eight matchup uh, in week three. But they'll be at home. Philly will be at home versus Washington. That's going to be a top. I mean, they have good. That it's just it's hard to tell. That's anywhere from like a top eight to a to a middling matchup, right? Um, they have some good def, some good young defensive players along that defensive line. It's going to be how they continue to come along. They have put a lot of put a lot of capital there. The Washington Redskins have. But it's, I mean, it's it's still it it projects. It projects as basically a, a, a top 10 matchup here in our system, at least to start. I, I, I can see that one change. I can see that one being one of the ones that we were wrong about later on in the season, though, when I think about the personnel along that front. But we got to go with what the analytics say, at, at least to start, and, and we'll adjust on the fly. We always do. Atlanta is going to be an easy team to run on. Green Bay is going to be an easy team to run on. They get Washington, Atlanta, and Green Bay in the first four weeks of the season. They do have Detroit mixed in there. But, boy, look at this, uh, look at this week 13 through 15 uh, run for Philly. Miami, New York Giants, and then at Washington. All three top eight matchups. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, two top eight matchups. And then Washington, as I mentioned earlier, kind of a, one I'm having a little bit of trouble with because I want to manually sort of pump them up because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit higher on their personnel than – our metrics would would indicate via our, our consensus rankings but of our entire group. The question is with Philly, who the hell are you going to roster from that? I mean, we've seen – now we've seen Miles Sanders 
His ADP has risen more than any other player in all of fantasy football, going from an ADP of well, what 128, 130, all the way up to 68 right now and rising. Miles Sanders is going in the sixth round of drafts. The 2019 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy football players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it, three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft is guaranteed. It's magical, it's mystical, it's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, only at rosterwatch.com. Speaking of the sixth round of drafts, and speaking about the epic, the magical, the mystical, the mythical roster watch cheat sheet. I want to do a few draft simulations here with you using version 1.0 of the PPR cheat sheet. Let's randomize our starting position. All right, so we'll start at position six. Do you guys want to do three wide receivers? Let's do two. Let's do one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex. Seven bench spots. I'll use the composite ADP at Fantasy Pros to draft against the expert rankings at Fantasy Pros and the ADPs from the following sites, Fantrax, RT Sports, My Fantasy League, and Fantasy Football Calculator. I'm going to use this one, the seventh edit here of the PPR version 1.0. And let's see how we do here at pick six, going through a simulation here. Where it looks like our first pick... Um, we're going to go with Melvin Gordon. And that's one I'm having a lot of trouble deciding between Melvin Gordon and David Johnson. Those two at 1.06 are going to be two that I'm definitely going to continue to kind of talk about and think about. And, you know, if we... T- I'm, I'm very interested in the Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals offense. Um... Okay, here's the next one. So we start out with Melvin Gordon here at pick 2.7. We will take Dalvin Cook. Back to 3.6. The wide receiver, we're going, it's going to, we take, uh, well, the cheat sheet says take either, look, it's Keenan Allen and it's T.Y. Hilton. Here's the thing. I already have Melvin Gordon, so I don't want Keenan Allen. I'm just going to cheat here on the cheat sheet, go one player down, and get T.Y. Hilton. Let's see what we have here at pick 4.7. Derrick Henry. If it's 4.7, Derrick Henry. you got to be kidding me, man. I love that. Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry to start this thing. The cheat sheet is so awesome. Do you know why? Because it knows when you're high on, on one position and not high enough on the other, and it gives you a balanced roster in these. The next player, that be, and the, that's the way it works. The cheat sheet is leveraged against ADP, guys. And it's really, er, really easy to leverage against early ADP and to construct this thing with a skeleton that allows for value to drop to you at every position. And value is going to drop here excellently. I think at 5.6, I love Tyler Lockett, and I'm taking him. He's the new number one in Seattle. Uh, so our wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton and Tyler Lockett, two players that are a lot alike. I told you all about uh, Mark Ingram here in the, at the sixth, seventh round turn. Here he is available once again. So we have four running backs now 
of Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram. As we get to uh, round seven here, a guy that we're getting a whole lot of exposure to is Will Fuller. You know, if he falls to the end of round seven like this, I've, do you remember a point in time wherever it was like every t- every six throws that Deshaun Jazz, Deshaun Watson made, one was to um, uh, one was a touchdown to to Will Fuller. Okay, uh, we have a decision point here, so we can continue to go wide receiver, or we can go tight end. It's a, it's a tie between Hunter Henry and Christian Kirk. While I love Hunter Henry, I love Christian Kirk. I think that he could be the almost the one who benefits most from this new uh, Cliff Kingsbury offense and from Kyler Murray. Those guys go back. I'm going to go with Christian Kirk here. Hope Hunter Henry maybe falls to the next round, or if he doesn't, hope that the cheat sheet recommends that I go with uh, maybe at some point a little later a Jared Cook if he does fall to me. Um, Another running back here, Latavius Murray, falls to us at 9.6. I feel like his ADP is going to rise a little bit here through this process. It looks like the ship has sailed on tight ends. That means that we're going to have a trapdoor tight end later in this process. I think it'll probably be um, – sorry about that phone call. I think it'll probably be Chris Herndon. We'll see about that. Uh, the next wide receiver up, Anthony Miller. Welcome back to the club here at pick 10.7. This is the year that you break out, sir. Uh, Devin Funches falls to 11.6. Love him there. Um, so we're, we're, we're getting a lot of good tight end value here uh, through the course of this, uh, or a lot of good wide receiver value through the course of this draft. A little worried about tight end because um, – because – we have just had Chris Hernan go off the board. So at quarterback, Kyler Murray is falling to pick 12.7. The cheat sheet will not allow us to pass him up. Trey Burton will be our fallback tight end. And look, with this team, we're going to have to be playing a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of uh, Russian roulette with our tight ends. And but that's what you get when you don't take a tight end until pick uh, round 13. And then Kalen Balage here at the very end is an upside running back. So. Here's this team using the exact cheat sheet except for one time where I cheated just one spot down because I did not want to have two of my first three picks be Los Angeles Chargers. Kyler Murray at quarterback. The running backs, Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Kalen Balage. <laughs> the wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, and Devin Funches and the tight end, Trey Burden. That team was great. I'm going to do another one real quick and just show you. It, it, these teams, you can do them from any position. I feel like this thing is dialed in. I would not have gone live with version one of the PPR sheet had it not be. I randomized the positions to where I'm now drafting at pick seven. That's too much like pick six. I want to randomize it. Should I go with the pick one? That seems like I'm cheating. All right, randomize. Wherever it stops is where I'm picking. Tenth. All right. Start the draft here. Start the simulation at pick 10. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. David Johnson falls. Love it. Here at the turn, Julio Jones. So we, we start out with David Johnson, Julio Jones. I'm, I'm loving the way that this thing's turning out. 
more and more with each each passing minute. Let's see. I think I have a choice here. Two players next to each other on this sheet. Uh, are they? Let's see. Uh, no. Keenan Allen here at the 310. Then let's see if my other guy falls to me here. No, he's not going. Well, let's see. Nope. I was hoping it would be Marlon Mack, but he did not fall. Now I have a decision between Robert Woods and Derrick Henry. We already got Derrick Henry on that last team. Let me see. What does this roster look like so far? What? I've, I, I, I already have two uh, wide receivers here. Let's get Derrick Henry here on this team. I mean, Derrick Henry picked 4-3. If Tennessee really gets him started and gets him going the way that they say that they want to, which is the way that he was to end last year, you're going to have a monster on your hands. Once again, Tyler Lockett falls to us this time at pick 5-10. Going to take him here. We're getting a lot of Tyler Lockett today. I have, we've got to say we, we're not getting this much of him um, generally in, in the simulations, but not that I mind. I think it's great. Once again, Mark Ingram falling to us in the sixth round. We're going to take that all day long. So, so far we have David Johnson, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, and Mark Ingram. We're going to add on right. Uh, let's see. This is actually a decision, isn't it? Dante Pettis or Tariq Cohen? I mean, I like them both. Um, I think maybe it's just a maybe it's just a flyer here. I can take Tariq Cohen and maybe Dante Pettis will be available here in the eighth round. No, he went right after that. God damn it! How does this always happen? Look, but hey, look, Lamar Miller is available to me here at the, what the eighth round. Last I checked, he's, he's, he's still the starter. So let's let's get Lamar Miller here. And we should be pretty good at running backs. I, I'd be surprised if the sheet didn't start steering us towards tight end and wide receiver here down the stretch. And it, and it is. Uh, here, Hunter Henry's available at pick 9-10. So we're going to get him on board. Uh, Anthony Miller, once again, here in the 10th round. We're going to get him on board. Looks like our wide receivers are going to start filling up here shortly. As predicted, uh, once again, Devin Funches, please let this other guy. Yes, he's going to. Robert Foster falls. Josh Allen to Robert Foster. This team is coming together. I love it when a plan comes together. Jalen Samuels. Now, we just talked about him earlier. Um, looks like he's going to be our last sort of. Um, Bottom of the barrel running back, and then we will fill up our quarterback position here before going to defenses and kickers. So that's second simulation here, picking from the 10 hole, using version one of the PPR cheat sheet, available exclusively at rosterwatch.com, following the three simple rules, not making one single derivation from it, not bastardizing it of its magical mystery. Phillip Rivers is the quarterback. The running backs are David Johnson, Derek Henry, Mark Ingram, Tariq Cohen, and Lamar Miller. The wide receivers are Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Anthony Miller, Devin Funches, Robert Foster. The tight end is Hunter Henry. And can you believe it? As far as the running backs go, I forgot to mention Jalen Samuels. I'm telling you, it could not be easier. Follow the three simple rules at the top of the sheet of paper. If you do so, an expert quality draft is guaranteed because the sheet of paper is made of magic. Magic.